0: trans with a voice. Welcome to the second episode of my podcast trans with a voice. In this episode I will talk about the importance of certain medical treatment for trans person under 18 years old and I will talk about the benefits for everyone of gender-neutral bathroom and locker rooms. These two subjects are talked a lot in the news right now, and especially since the Conservative Party of Canada adopted at their last Congress two policies to ban access to healthcare care for any trans person under 18 years old and also ban the access to any gender-specific space to trans people, which include bathrooms, locker rooms, prisons, sports, homeless shelters, etc., These two policies could be included in the Conservative Party electoral platform and if they are elected, they could be adopted in a law that would take effect across Canada, which is super scary for anyone that's trans. Before talking about the subject, I will explain what gender dysphoria is. Gender dysphoria is the distress that is felt by someone who gender identity doesn't match with the gender assigned at birth. That distress can be amplified by certain aspects of your body, for example, like your chest area, your bottom parts, or even like psychosocial interaction, like people not using the pronoun associated with your gender, for example, or just people that naming you. Each trans person will feel gender dysphoria a different way and will also feel different level of discomfort for different aspects of their party or social interaction. So as you can see, L care has a really important role in helping trans people reduce the symptoms of gender dysphoria. There's three different types of medical intervention used to help trans people reduce their symptoms of gender dysphoria. First, there are puberty blockers. The goal of puberty blockers is to give the ability to someone to have all the time they need to fully explore and discover their gender identity without being pressured or living distress linked to development of some sexual characteristic or some experience that could be traumatic, like, for example, menstruation and erection, by stopping the puberty You also don't have any change on your body that could amplify your gender dysphoria in the future if you're trans. So, puberty blockers is like hitting pause on a video. You take the puberty blockers at the beginning of puberty. It stops the puberty. You take your time to discover yourself. And then you can stop the puberty blockers if you discover you're not trans. Or if you're trans, then you can go to the next medical intervention. Puberty blockers are a reversible treatment. What that means is when you stop taking them, your production of hormones will resume without any problem. That's why puberty blockers need to be accessible to kids because discovering your gender identity in this society is difficult and it gives all the time person need to figure it out without causing changes on the body that person would not want to happen. The second medical treatment is hormone replacement therapy or HRT. This treatment allows the trans person to have changes to the body which align with their gender identity. So for someone taking estrogen, that means having boobs and also redistribute the body fat so you can have like nice hips, but and also like in the cheeks area too to have more fat. So that gives you a more feminine shape. For trans men who take testosterone, HRT will give you a deeper voice, will give you also facial hair and more body hair also. So these are all the change that someone that's trans look forward to. HRT treatment brings change to your body, which aligns with your gender identity. And that really helps lower the symptoms of gender dysphoria for a lot of trans people. The HRT therapy can be stopped at any time. And like pre blockers, your regular production of hormone will start again and your body will function without any problem. But since there's some change happening to your body, these change will not be reversible if you stop HRT. So everything I said about like the voice, the, the body, facial hair or boobs, these change are not reversed when you stop HRT. So that's why the users, of HRT is for someone who knows that they are trans. To have HRT, you also need a prescription from a doctor who knows that you're trans, so it's well controlled. You cannot take HRT like before you have puberty since your body has not changed yet and before puberty, male or female body is pretty much the same. So it's only for teenagers who know they are trans and they are ready for it and their doctor agreed that it is a good treatment to lower their gender dysphoria. Also, when someone is at the stage to take hormones, they are mature enough to take the decision, since they'll be 11, 12, 13 years old when they start hormones. So kids at that age know that they are trans and they need that treatment. And it saves life. The third type of treatment is gender-affirming surgery. These surgeries are concentrated on two areas of the body most of the time. It's the chest area and the bottom area. For the chest area, it will be like removing the boobs or adding some. And the bottom area will be like replacing the genital parts with the parts who align with the gender identity of that person. To have any kind of surgery, you need the approval of a doctor and a psychological evaluation following really strict guidelines. Surgeries are also the third step in treating gender dysphoria. There's multiple trans persons who will have no surgeries and be able to live fully and be happy. But for some people to really lower the symptoms of gender dysphoria to a healthy level, they will need a surgery for their chest, their bottom surgery, or both. Surgeries is the less common type of treatment for teenagers or trans. And there's absolutely no surgeries to anyone before their teenagers years. It only happens when you reach your puberty and surgeries are also to revert changes who happen during puberty. For example, for the top surgery. So if you're able to take puberty blockers soon enough, you will not need any kind of top surgery. The only surgery that will be needed will be a bottom surgery. So that's why puberty blockers are so important or omen treatment, since some change to your body will not happen and will not Need a surgery to be remediated. Surgeries are non reversible change. So, when you have a surgery, you cannot go back. When you reach the surgery step, you know your trends, you know what kind of healthcare you need to be able to live happy. So, a person who asks for surgery, they are fully mature enough to take that decision. We need to have these health treatments available to all trans people, whatever their age, because they save lives, because every time we can reduce gender dysphoria, we have people that will be more happy, that will be able to thrive more in society, and just be better citizens. In the second part of this podcast, I will talk about trans people access to bathroom and locker rooms who align with their gender identity. I can assure you that trans people pose no danger to anyone in the bathroom. We are not pedophiles or sex offenders. We are just humans like everyone that wants to go to the bathroom, pee or do whatever they need, wash their hands and go away. It is a human right to have access to a bathroom. Same thing for our locker room. We need to get changed when you do sports. And if we decide to control who can enter a bathroom or not, we'll discriminate not just trans people, but everyone. For example, if I talk about the woman bathroom, it can be hard to do the difference between trans woman and a woman that's tomboy, for example. Same things in the men bathroom. There can be some men that are more like feminine in their their clothing or their appearance. And that man can be cisgender. And you can have someone, a trans man, that's super like alpha male. You will not be able to see the difference between the two. So you'll get discrimination in both bathrooms. Because cisgender people will not have access to a bathroom like transgender people. I don't know anyone who wants to go to the bathroom and wants to have someone to check their bottom part to see if they can enter or not. And even that would not work because there are some trans people who get bottom surgery. Anytime we restrict access to trans people to a space or an activity, we affect everyone in society. Even if trans people have access to gendered bathroom, it's not an ideal situation since you never feel safe in a gendered bathroom because you're really scared of being outed in the bathroom and then having someone hurting you. The only type of bathroom where trans people feel safe is a gender-neutral bathroom and it's safer not just for trans people but for everyone. There's two types of gender-neutral bathroom. The most common one is you have a building where there's women's bathroom and men's bathroom. And then you have gender neutral bathroom, which are individual stalls that were with a sink and a toilet that someone can go in, do their business and get out without being discriminated and in total safety. That's a great option that's easy to implement since you don't need to redo all your bathroom. And that's the most frequent one. The problem we have with that option is that there's not enough of this bathroom in our building. For example, in a school, if you only have one gender-neutral bathroom for 800 students, it will always be taken and will need to wait a long time to get in, so that's a big problem. The second type of gender-neutral bathroom is a common bathroom for everyone regardless of their gender, There's a common area with the sinks and mirrors so anyone can wash their hands and get their makeup done. And then there's fully private stalls with toilet where people can lock the door and be in total safety without having someone crawling underneath, for example. These type of bathrooms are better for everyone because everyone has safe bathroom stalls. Also, you can have more toilet stalls available to everyone. For example, for events where there's more women than men, you will not have the problem that you have a long wait line for the women's bathroom and the men's bathroom are empty on the other side, so everyone will have access to all bathrooms. Also, when we talk about, like, changing tables for babies, usually they are only in the women's bathroom. but men need to be able to change their baby's diapers too, so it's not something that should be reserved to women. So by having gender-neutral bathrooms, these kinds of resources, like the changing tables, is available to everyone. There's also multiple examples of gender-neutral bathroom right now. Five guys in Halifax have gender-neutral bathroom in their restaurant. It works really well and it is the future. Four locker rooms in pretty similar than bathrooms. The most common type of gender-neutral locker room that we have is you have specific locker rooms that are gender-neutral. Usually it's like a space only for one person. Same thing then for the bathroom, there are not enough of them in our spaces. The second type, the locker rooms, a common locker rooms for everyone regardless of their gender. That means having private stall to change, private stall to go to the toilet, and private stall to go take your shower. That type of space is better for everyone because even if you're cis, it's not fun to change and be naked in front of other people can put pressure on people being cis or trans. When you have gender neutral locker rooms, you force the creation of private space to do intimate things like changing your clothing or taking a shower, which is better for everyone. When we talk about access to bathrooms and locker rooms, it also affects our ability as trans to travel around the world. That is the reason why Global Affairs Canada have put a travel advisory for the United States. Because there's 10 states that have banned access to bathrooms for trans people. So how can you travel somewhere if you cannot go to the bathroom? It's impossible. Some of these laws are for kids, but a lot of them affects adult trans people too. For example, in Florida, I cannot go to the bathroom. There's no way I can visit Florida in that state. There's also other states that ban drag shows for anyone under 18 years old. And in this law, they say that you cannot walk in the street looking like a drag artist. But what happens, for example, in Tennessee where that kind of law is in effect? So as a trans person, if I walk in the street of Nashville and then someone thinks that I'm a drag artist, they can call the police and I'll get arrested and go to prison since I did not respect the law. So if you cannot walk in the street, how can you visit... A state. It's impossible. And also, there's 21 states that ban gender affirming healthcare that I just talked about in this episode. So these are states where they really, the politician really push the transphobia out in the media and even in the society in general. So that creates really an unsafe climate to anyone that is trans in these states. For all these reasons, that's why the travel adversary is in effect. If you're trans and you plan traveling in the United States, be, be careful. This is the end of the podcast. I hope that you now better understand why healthcare is needed for anyone that's trans and under 18 years old, and also why gender-neutral bathroom and locker room are better for everyone. Finally, I invite you to subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and to follow Trans with a Voice on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget that a society that is more inclusive to the transgender community is better for everyone. Thanks and see you next time.